Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Hey guys, this is Kale Lowry. And this is V Rivera. We're the hosts of Baby, Baby Mama's, Mama's No, no Drama. Drama. Every Tuesday, we talk about parenting, co parenting, lifestyle, and sex, pop culture, current events, and pretty much all the things you want in one podcast. So download and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Listen to us every Tuesday and join us with all the tea. Folks at Buy Optimizers have done it again. They've released their new and improved formula for magnesium breakthrough. The product was already great, but Buy Optimizers has continued to research and improve it. This new fourth generation formula means magnesium breakthrough is more potent and effective, hopefully improving sleep, reducing stress. If you've been taking magnesium breakthrough, you may want to try the new formula as soon as you can. It includes cofactors like B6 and manganese to help with the absorption of the magnesium. And if you've never tried magnesium breakthrough before, now is a perfect time. Magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions. Yep, I had a fellow, an endocrine fellow back in the day that always beat on me about the importance of magnesium. And about 75% of people are not getting enough. It's a bigger problem than most people think. When you don't get enough magnesium, you can have significant effects when you don't get enough magnesium. In every bottle of Magnesium Breakthrough, you will get seven unique forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium, which can dramatically help. It can help you sleep longer and deeper, reduce stress, hopefully, and hopefully, thereby, give you all-day energy. And it may help you feel like yourself again. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed. You will be amazed. And hopefully, you'll wake up more rested. For an exclusive offer for our listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash Drew and use Dr. Drew 10 during checkout to save 10%. And if you want your loved ones to have the same benefits, giving the gift of Magnesium Breakthrough for Mother's Day, Father's Day, or even a spring birthday, consider it. Again, that link, magbreakthrough.com slash Drew, and use code DRDRW10, Dr. Drew 10, during checkout to save 10%. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Dr. Podcast. Appreciate you guys keeping the winds in the sail of the Corolla Pirate Ship. Uh, do check out all the other stuff we're working on, uh, TV for the streaming shows, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 3 Pacific. And uh, yeah, follow on TikTok or Instagram. Appreciate that, Dr. Drew Pinsky or at Dr. Drew. Guest today is Stephen Ho. Uh, at Steve IOE is where you can find him on Instagram and YouTube. And the uh, website is uh, mufkr.com. <laughs> We'll find out more about this. <laughs> Stephen, uh, welcome to the program. Hi, Matt. Thank you. So, a uh, lot to talk about. You said you've been avoiding podcasts, first of all. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't trust myself. <laughs> you mean something's going to go viral, something you're going to say? Something that- I say is going to go viral because I, you know, like because of the videos and the TikToks, I've been, they've attempted to cancel me a couple times. So, so t- talk to me about that. Which ones have gotten you in trouble? Oh, my God, man. This the first, there's, I think, I, there's like three videos that I can pinpoint right now. The first one, I kind of get. I yeah. understand. What did you do? I, I made fun of people's <laughs> – the video is called Tips from the ER. We mm. don't know what's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people come to the ER and they got like shoulder pain, stomach pain. We, we, they run all the tests. Yeah. And they said, you know, we couldn't find anything. You know, you need a rest. Take some pain meds. Hopefully it will go away. Yeah. Right? People never yeah. like that answer. They, no. want some, they want something. Right. ERs are not the place for diagnostic uh, sort of certainty. It's, it, ERs are a place where they're triage. Are, are you going to die? Do you need to go in the hospital? Get out of here. Yes. That's it. And right. maybe we'll send you somewhere that might be able to come up with an answer. Follow up with your, yeah. you know, yeah. follow up with your doctor. But yeah. where I messed up, <laughs> where I messed up in the video was uh, I said, look, if we, don't know, if we don't know what's wrong, then nothing's wrong, which is not true, right? If we don't know what's wrong, follow up. With a specialist, yes. maybe go find somebody else, get yes. another opinion. But that, often is nothing wrong. Often, it often is. there is nothing wrong. Those people hate to say. But, oh well, I, you God. know what's you know this is a whole topic I didn't expect to get into. But but there is a oh boy, we're gonna, I'm going to get you and me into trouble. <laughs> I know that's but, what but, I'm but, saying. But there is a growing awareness, sort of a American consciousness coming into focus for people slowly. Um. That essentially in the category of – at once we have serious mental illness that people are not properly getting care for. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we have a burgeoning population of people with personality disorders, which is not technically a serious mental illness. 
but often associated with mental illness, mood disorders, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But prominently associated with projection, acting out, somatization, anger, hostility, unregulated rage, and using the legal system and now the political system to get to act out that anger and rage. Hmm? Yes. So here you are in ER tech, and, and you've seen that. I've been watching it for 40 years. Yes. So my, my th- recently I found myself saying a lot, damn, when I first started – I worked in a psychiatric hospital for 30 years – and when I first got there, I noticed towards the end of the 80s, early 90s, lots of borderlines being admitted and every borderline patient with at least minimum 20 lawsuits under her belt. Mm. Now, the legal system caught it caught on to that with their anti-slap laws and all this stuff, some frivolous lawsuits. But the rest of the world, you know, in terms of how they come down in the system and what they do in the political system and in the social it's starting to dawn on people and i think amber heard is doing us a huge favor of moving things quickly in that direction yes right amber heard like i mean i can't i can't remember the last time i i was so invested in a court case <laughs> like i like were we always allowed to see everything that was happening because it depends I've, on the, it depends on the on the state yeah i've never so been, like like if you go back in the day we when i was on hln we covered um Jody Arias, and there was a sex tape, and there were, we just every minute of the thing was on TV, and it was kind of screwed the case up. The, the defense attorneys and things, yeah. In some and, cases, I, and I think what happened now is like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's case is the first case where like TikTok exists. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on, and, and and now I'm on TikTok, and every other video is about that case. So I can't get away from it. It's not like well, I have to turn on the TV. Let's to just time say the right. algorithm has figured out what you're interested yeah. in. I, I've seen one TikTok <laughs> on Amber Heard. <laughs> so. I know. I, that algorithm has gotten so specific that I've had to make a second account oh, with no followers and nothing just to figure out what everybody else is looking yeah, at. Yeah, just to look at the, all yeah. the stuff. Yeah, yeah, what fantastic. Else is looking at. I love that. There's something diabolical about that. Yeah. So, so tell me about yourself. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Milpitas, California. I don't know where that is even. It's, do you know where San Jose is? Yeah. Yeah, so it's outside of that. Right next to San Jose, 30 miles south of San Francisco. And it says Vietnamese American. That's right. Does that mean Vietnamese? Does that mean mixed race? What does that mean? I, uh, my parents were from Vietnam, immigrated yeah. here in like the early 80s. Yeah. I was born here. So yeah. technically um, – You're American, American and Vietnamese descent. Yeah, Vietnamese, immigrant. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a second generation Ukrainian. Not. So, but people don't say Ukrainian American. It's like that's, that's a weird, uh, yes. weird construct. Uh, and then you ended up at Stanford. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you study there? No, I was, I was working at Stanford. I went to school at UC Santa Cruz. Okay, got it. And I worked at Stanford. That for was the about, ER. Yeah. Okay, Stanford ER. Got it, got it, got it. What did you study at Santa Cruz? I studied human biology and health sciences. And what was the plan? The plan was to go to medical school. Mm. And what happened? Uh, well, you know, didn't get in. <laughs> didn't get in? <laughs> no. Yeah, but, but the, you know, oh, um, you would get in if you kept at it. Kept at it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, but- have, I have fought very hard for some of my Asian friends mm-hmm. to, to get into medical school. You have a, wi- a wind at your in your face. Yeah. And, and but you will get in if you have even moderately the you know the smarts. It's yeah. Just, it's just it's really I think people would be shocked I, if I, if they knew what was going on. I I I think it was it was one th- I think I was trying to get in but more so than anything. I'm not sure if I ever wanted to go. Oh well then so I, your parents wanted you to yeah, go. Yeah, I think yeah, it was some, there was like something else there that my yeah. parents were pushing me for. Yeah, then don't do it. Just never what did what did, so you went all the way through organic chemistry and everything and Yeah, I did everything. PCAM? Which one's that? Physical chemistry? Particle physics, any of that stuff? No, no. no. Yeah. I think the highest we had to do was organic, like yeah, or, the or, or, only when you have to do organic, organic chemistry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How'd you find all that? I mean, brutal, brutal. Yeah, yeah, I was good. Like the only reason I did it, one of the reasons I was like, oh, this might work, was because my freshman year of college, I took one chemistry class, got an A, and I was like, oh my god, I could do science. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so kind of just went all the way. But organic chemistry is a whole different animal. Yeah, yeah. It's brutal. It's it, brutal. It is brutal. It, they, you have to memorize so much. Well, it, the memorization is one part, but but the application is really the hard part. I mean, yeah. Like, it, I always had chemistry professors that would say, I, I, don't, I don't care what you know. I don't care. I want to know what you don't know. I'm going to jam on you until you break. I'm going to yeah. find where that point is. And that's what determines it, what it I think just, of you. It, it was just like organic chemistry was something you, you needed a pretty wild imagination yeah. to like picture those, you know, those molecules and like that 3D – when, when I did organic chemistry, there was a lot of IDing those molecules with infrared and, and uh, 
I forget what they called it. Was NMR back then? It was nuclear magnetic resonance. Mm-hmm. Is that that kind of stuff still? Or I, forget, I mean, I would just I'm actually I was you can't like remember. T- that was like ten years ago. <laughs> I'm old, man. All right, fair enough. So, how did you find my peers uh, working in the ER, uh, physicians? I'm going to get you in more trouble. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they are, they all think they have everything under control at all times. Like for like for here's an example. Okay, during COVID, things things were getting pretty bad we, we had like i think we had one physician uh, it was like an overnight shift we had one physician uh we were getting overrun he clearly could not keep up and the nurses kept saying like hey we need to call in another doctor right we gotta call in another doctor like no no no, it's fine i got it yeah, yeah. like i don't think you do so we called in the doctor and we said hey dr so-and-so we called in this other doctor and he picked up the phone called him hey no i got it you can stay home right and that's yeah. kind of like yeah they they always believe they have everything under under control, which they probably do. But it, what, what I don't think what they understand is that we also need, you know, the things to pick up and keep moving too. Because there's stuff that we're trying to do as, as an ER tech. As an ER Can tech, you give an example. Um, you know, like like if if the waiting room is overrun yeah. and I'm out there and I'm trying to like keep the peace. Yeah. And but we're moving nothing on the inside because yeah. like you know you're, you you have you know it's going to be hours and hours. Yeah, you know it's because you, you know you still got to stitch this guy, you still got to look at the X-ray for this yeah. guy, you still got to put the bones back to this yeah. guy. So like, yeah. why don't we get another doctor in here and like try to help move things along? They, I'm, sh- I guarantee you, they get penalized for that for calling financially. Yeah, I yeah, guarantee. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, that's another thing too. Yeah. yeah, and so and and not just financially, but they also there's a. a weird wartime kind of ethos you know you're hey pussy get why couldn't you handle this you know there's a lot of that Is that amongst the doctors mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i mean i get it but at the same time it's like come on man i, I know there's patients in trouble out there. Is there you have any you know you can't work in an er more than a couple of weeks and well first of all and not seen somebody something in somebody's rectum first of all <laughs> that, that's first first and foremost yes you can't have been there more than two weeks without Rectum, that vagina happening. oh my God. yeah stuff inside any um gary you have any questions about uh stuff? oh you're doing great i have plenty but i'll let you run with it <laughs> uh so any any uh outstanding products uh found uh i think i think the last correctly i mean the last thing it was the last thing that came out of that, this dude came in. He was probably like his mid fifties, mm-hmm. and it was during COVID, so we were outside, we were triaging outside. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, and he's just like, "Hey, man, what are you here for?" Like, I got a cucumber stuck up my butt. Uh, yeah. Just nonchalantly, like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's what happens." No big deal. Yeah, no big and we're deal. like, "Okay." I like the way they're trying to pass it off, like, "Like everybody, yeah, like, like, like everybody, like yeah." <laughs> it just happens. Like, all right, cool. And, we'll see and now we have not we have not preloaded you with any um, that I was going to ask this question. So let's see how you answer it. What do the majority of people tell you about how the foreign object got there? <laughs> the majority, <laughs> not because some of them will tell you the truth. Uh, but no. more, majority of them tell you, oh my God. there's they, like that guy. He he didn't really care. He was like, yeah, yeah. I was putting it up there. But they, sometimes I would come up with some elaborate stories. Yeah. yeah, just like you know, like there's there's that famous Seinfeld joke that if you ever run into a proctologist, plant yourself next to him, and you'll hear a story. Million and one shot, Doc. There's a million and one shot. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a lot of like, you know, it's a, like I was I was coming out of the shower. And you know it was slippery, yeah. so I, I I sat on it or I fell on yeah, it. Yeah, always I, I sat on it or I fell on it, yeah, which I, is a zero probability event. Zero, not, absolutely I mean, not. What is wrong with the human being that everyone that stuffs a foreign body in their vagina or up their ass thinks they're going to get by with? I sat on it. Yeah, I sat on it. I slipped on it. Yeah, like, a lot of slipping, falling. I was yeah. I was trying to scratch myself. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about, man? We know exactly how it got there. It's so good. Literally everyone that's worked in an ER has that within two weeks. And people need to understand that. That's that's kind of the human being. Yeah. My, that's the human condition. Oh, my God. Okay, this story is going to be very specific. All I wasn't right. here for this, but I had dinner with uh, some of my old coworkers recently, <clears throat> and she said that <laughs> it's so specific. Like, there's no way if they hear, if they heard this, they would, they, would, they would not think it's them. Yeah. But there was, like, I guess a 14-year-old kid Mm-mm. who – was brought in by his mom, and the yes. mom goes, "Look, this is my son, and he's been getting candles stuck up his rectum. So this kid would buy candles, melt it, form it into a dildo, oh. and then stick it up his very rectum. creative. And it's not the first time he's well, got one stuck up him. there. And well. so the doctor had to have a sit down with the mom and be like, "Listen, your kid's not going to stop doing this. You need to buy him a proper dildo." <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, But he probably would get that shit stuck up there, too, because a lot of that comes in. 
right? Actual dildos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of that. But they, I, they now they've, they've companies have sort of adjusted that by putting a, like a big stopper yes, on yeah, one end. Yeah, like a base. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, that's what he was saying. You have to get one with okay, a base. Okay, good. He, I want to make sure he included that. Yeah, no, it was, it's like a, a phalange, he called it. It's a phalange. <laughs> you got to get one with a phalange. Uh, you know, he probably sat through a lecture, an ER doctor lecture about yeah. this. Where they're like, Advise these patients to get a phalange. You got to get one. Oh, my man. God, that's so funny. That's fantastic. Any other, uh, I, to the extent that you can without violating HIPAA, any uh, horror tales from the ER that you uh, can share or might want to share? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, another interesting one was we found um, – a lady with a phone charger up her cooch. Mm, phone charger. Yeah. That, but I, I always think immediately criminal behavior. Like she's going into prison or something. You know what I mean? She's going to go try to take something into the prison. Oh, That's what no. that is. Yeah, no. She. I think she. this lady was homeless. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure what her deal was. But Well, there was a, there's a lot of storage of drugs in vaginas out on the streets. A lot. Oh. Way more than people know. I I didn't know it either. That's something I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't but know a whole, I walked uh, Skid Row with a homeless guy. It's now nurse nurse manager. He's a nurse uh, director, and um, he was homeless and a criminal and a drug addict. Blah blah blah. And uh, he was there. He goes, "Hey, look at this lady." I go, "Yeah, what?" He goes, "She's got the the goods." I go, "How do you know that?" He goes. She has meth in her vagina. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Is I looking what? at her? Yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> and, he go, and he goes, I know because that guy's the spotter. This guy's making the deals. They, I watched him come to her. And I, that's what is the, going on here. And I was like, wow. That, you, have to, you have to live it to really understand. Yeah. yeah. And it's, there was a line. I, I missed the line. There was a line to buy meth from out of this woman's vagina. Out of this woman's vagina. <laughs> how much meth could she fit up there? Well, interesting, right? Yeah. Jesus. That's why. Yeah, people. Uh, it's it's why there are cavity searches when people go to prisons and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just a routine thing. So here you are working at ER, and and how did uh, the the video start happening? Oh man, so like I mean the pandemic happened, and you know, I so I was doing a lot of like I was doing I had a sketch show, I was doing comedy. So you really already comedy was your thing. It wasn't my thing. I was. I think I was about a year in. But you were you were you were drawn to it. Drawn yeah. To it. yeah, yeah. I was doing comedy. I was acting yeah. a lot. I was. I did a lot of theater, and I was in a sketch show. So I uh-huh. had a lot of like art, like outlets, uh-huh. artistic outlets. Yeah. And when COVID happened, that all shut down. Oh, interesting. That all shut down. I, I had nothing. And I was yeah. going crazy, and yeah. we were dealing with COVID, and people were coming in acting ridiculous, right? Like because at the at the time. Nobody knew what COVID was. It was either they, – they thought it, may, it might have been radioactive. They thought it was like super – 5G. Yeah. It was like – Weird stuff. Yeah. It, was, it was a mystery to everybody. So like people were – I mean someone came in and was like, hey, I bought this camera from China. I think I have COVID. And I was like, dude, stop. Get out of the ER. Oh, because – just because he touched it. Just because and- he touched it. And then another – I mean – and then we had people coming in asking like, hey, do you – keep the COVID patients in this building or are they in another building? I'm like, no, they're they're here. They're in this building, right? They're asking like those types of questions yes. where it's just like, no. Yeah. And so what did you think of all the COVID as it was getting going and people's response to it and the government's response to it? I'm not going to lie. I thought like when it first happened, I was like, this is not real. This is going to pass. Yeah. Um, and then I, th- I think it, it got real for me when like Tom Hanks got COVID, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then uh, it was... I believe like everyone was trying to do their best, but it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, we didn't do a good job at all. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. You know what? What, what were the horrors? That, what were the excesses that you saw? Because we could have done it totally differently than we did. I mean, it was it was like it was so long ago. I forgot. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I forgot. I doubt. Did you get COVID? Not I. I got COVID like last month, but like so the Omicron. Yeah, so no, but, big, no big deal. It's your booster. Yeah, I was boosted, but like when I was working that, I didn't get COVID. I, I was I got the shot right away. I think I got the vaccine as soon as it came out in yeah. December of maybe like twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. But um, wait, what did you ask? I was asking what what, <laughs> what the excesses were and what, what drove you crazy about. Maybe the way, even the way physicians dealt with it. One of the things that drove me crazy was people, my peers, not making any effort to treat patients. If their oh, PO2 no? was 96% and they were looked okay, go home, come back when you're sicker. N- nothing. N- offer nothing. Did you guys offer anything? You know what was crazy? Like in the be- in the beginning, because it was happening uh, in New York and everybody got so scared. In the yeah. beginning, the ERs in LA's were empty. Yeah. Which was not something we didn't expect. 
But oh, were uh, you working? You were, you were working in the LA ERs. I was. I was working. So there. I think you said something about Stanford. Yeah. So I was at Stanford for six years. Then I moved down to uh, the, uh, an ER in LA in 2019. Which one? Oh, I can't. Say oh, what what <laughs> part of town was it? Downtown or was it some surrounding area? Uh, it was on the west side. Okay, surrounding area. Yeah. Um, and it, did were things different in California than I guess? Well, it was all in California the whole time. Yeah, was, was, was Southern California different than Northern California? The ER? Yeah. No, it was all the same thing. Same stuff. Yeah. And do, do you like being an ER tech? Um, I nah. I I did, but like I just I always thought it was it was going to be a stepping stone to something else. Yeah. So I, it was never like something like, oh my god, this has this, to be. Like, this is my career. Yeah, this is my career, right? Right. And did you did you get to do anything cool? Was there anything satisfying about it? Uh, you know, we got. I learned a lot. Right. Yeah. I learned a lot uh, being in the ER, but. Again, it was just I always thought like, oh yeah, like I thought I was going to be a nurse. Also, I got I actually got into nursing school, mm. um, and then kind of panicked because I thought maybe I don't want to do that either. That's when I was still at Stanford, yeah. and so when I got in, I got scared, and then I moved down to L.A. to pursue acting and comedy. We'll get into acting and comedy just a minute, but I'm staying in the ER for just a second. Is there anything that you learned working in the ER that surprised you that other people don't understand that you wish they knew? I'm sure there's more than one thing. <laughs> there's more than one thing. It's yeah. about yeah, the, ERs the, or about people the, the, the or ER, about like, medical problems. Yeah, so like, people you know. I don't think what people understand about the ER it's it's like it's not all ER problems because because like every hospital I think that I've kind of dabbled in the ER becomes so busy holding patients mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with the ER, right? I mean like, waiting to get them placed waiting somewhere. to get a bed upstairs. So or or, or county services or transfer. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, so half the ER now turns into a holding area yeah. for floor patients or yeah. patients who are waiting to get transferred. Right, and do you know what that is from? Because I watch that all develop. Mm, it's from inadequate staffing on the floors. It's not yeah. from not enough beds. It's from inadequate staffing. Yeah, the hospitals will not spend the money on having staff. It's. I mean, it's 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 always and then there's a nursing shortage on top of that. But it's yeah. always what there's it's it's always it's always yeah it's always like there's a nursing there's a nursing shortage. Like yeah. we don't have enough. People are calling out sick. Or like they didn't. Bottom line, pro- they, won't, they won't pay for the nurses. They won't get, keep them on hand. They just won't do it. Yeah, there's, there's a full on strike happening at Stanford yeah. right now. Like yeah. right, because I, I blame the hospital enough. administrators. Hospital administrators have really lost their minds, in my opinion. But okay, uh, and so now the ER is essentially ICU meets floor, and there's no nurses down there. Those are ER nurses. Those are ER are, nurses yeah. who are now who are now, who now have to be floor nurses. Yeah, which is not their vibe. <laughs> no, their yeah, thing. that's a. ER nurses are a certain. Did you like the ER nurses? I love ER nurses. Me too. Me I too. love ER nurses. It's a certain person, yeah. right? Yeah. The realest people you'll ever meet. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. A lot of fun. Very social. Yeah, yeah, very social. Very, you know, very. A lot of them are very direct, which I love. Yeah, yeah, and funny. The funny dark. A lot of gallows humor. Yeah, yes. yeah. A lot of gallows oh, humor here. And anything, <laughs> anything you want to share about that as we move into comedy? Because people don't appreciate, you know, nurses, doctors, ER techs blow off steam with with humor. They do, and and it's, and, and and what's great about them is that they could be super professional in front of the patients. Yes. As soon as those doors close, they'd be like, "Do you see the dong on that patient?" <laughs> you know. It's just- <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so they they are sexually inappropriate. Yes, oh yeah, a lot of that, a lot of, of that course. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> any yeah. other humor that you learned uh, on the job, or do you use any of the, what you learned on the job in your in your act now? Yeah, I do. I use I use quite a bit because you know that's what people expect now. I used to talk a lot about like my family being Vietnamese, but now that because people come to see me because they know about the online content, they expect to like me to talk a lot about the ER. So I've had to come up with a lot more content about the ER or the stand up. What was your most uh, viewed or viral video? Would you say it was a video where I told uh, you, everyone to get vaccinated. Yeah. Tips from here: You should get vaccinated. Yeah, it, I mean. And it was, at the time, it was like people were still, uh, you know, scared of it. Scared of it. Yeah. They were fighting each other about the vaccine. It was very political. But yeah. I just said, "Listen, you dumb fucks! <laughs> like we literally, like you're literally, like you know, you help us out here. Just get vaccinated so we can get through this." And yeah. it was reposted by everybody, yeah. all over meme pages. Um, some celebrities were reposting it. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing that people are. <laughs> They, they just don't seem to understand risk-reward, right? Yeah, the vaccine has some problems, like every therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Bad shit can happen. It's still worth it. 
It's still worth it. It's still worth it. I mean, if you're 15, I don't know, you want to talk to a pediatrician, I get it. If you're 28, just get the fucking vaccine. If you're 50, get the goddamn vaccine. Yeah. If you're 65 and 70, get the boosters. Just, just, uh, yes, there's some risk. It's not perfect. And people keep saying, like, well, if I, I, you know, people who get the vaccine also get COVID. I'm like, yeah, yeah because right. COVID is still fucking there. No, no. It, we didn't it, kill COVID. Yeah, We're trying to protect you against, a little bit more. Against more serious. I think they've got that part now. That it, that it's, Particularly Omicron got that message across. Because yeah. what I find interesting about Omicron is it can it can kind of function as a booster itself. If you, After you get it? Yeah. yeah. It's like Because I, I, I had bad reactions of vaccine. Bad. I, I um I mean, me you too. Me too, yeah. and all my coworkers did. Yeah, all my coworkers. I, did. I had. I took the J and J, and I woke up with rac- raccoon eyes, which, uh-huh. which is the presenting sign of a transverse sinus thrombosis. Oh no! And I was and I was sick, and I was like, "Oh shit, here yeah. we go!" <laughs> and it just kind of went away. I may have had it, may have had, but it was whatever it was wasn't occlusive, or I, I you know, dissolved it on my own. Whatever. In the ER, when if you get the vaccine, they 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 want you to get the vaccine. And to make sure that you have three or f- to five days off after, yeah. so you're not yeah. working, so you're not scheduled for work. Yeah, right. So yeah, they, makes sense. They, they were expecting. Well, but there is getting sick from it, which is no big deal. But there's having dreaded side effects: myocarditis, tra- transverse sinus thrombosis, PE, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, and, and that's rare. That's rare. And I, I I disagree with the world that's going. Hey, you're more likely to get it from COVID. No, no, to stop. D- don't do that. So it's a false comparison. This thing has a tiny risk. Take it. It's worth it. That's it. Period. Don't don't, yeah. don't compare it against COVID. Because then they'll go, well, I'm going to get COVID anyway. No. What fucking difference does yeah. it make? No. Okay. It was, right. it, was, it, was more, it was more like body aches, a headache. Right. That's right? a more usual thing. Yeah. It's mild. Usual deal. So um, you actually taught improv to inmates at a level four prison. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> No, that was that was a really fun job. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I did a lot of improv. Um, you weren't by yourself. Hmm? Was it an improv team? That yeah, no, it yeah. was definitely a team. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. by myself. Okay, well, with the team, but I I I, I took an improv class. Uh, I was that I was in a conservatory for acting after college. Conservatory. Wow. Yeah. So we did a conservatory, and I did. I, I was in an improv class. Did another improv class. I was asked to be a TA, and then one of my friends who was in there was like, it "Goes, hey, I have this job where I go into prisons and teach improv. You'd be great." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Awesome. Yeah, down to do it." Um, and yeah, so there's like there was usually a team of four of us. Uh, we'd go in, and you know, the guys and the and the girls were so excited to learn improv. They loved it because it was just like a class to them. They also get like, you know, I think they get like points or something towards like food or something or, or like, like, I think credit. they get like, it, it, it somehow helps them get less time in the, in the prison. Oh, wow. I forget. And, and do you, do you, are the males and females together? No, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, okay. no. Say, that's those. why they wanted to do it. Female prison, male yeah. prison. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how fun. Mm-hmm. And any surprises there? Some of them are really good. Some really? of them were really good at improv, and a lot of them were just, they were so, they were so nice. And it's, you know, and you, and you talk to them, and it's like, how did you get here? And, and how are you, why are you here for 10 years? And it's like, oh, back when I was like 14, I was in a gang, and they made me shoot somebody. I'm like, that sucks, mm. you know? And some people are at, like, and, and some, some people actually, like, you, you, you know exactly why you're in there, <laughs> you know? You're like, oh, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. You probably kill somebody. Right, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what are you looking forward to now? What's ahead? What are you? I, see, well, let me ask this. It, it, the, some of the notes I have says that says that you break down complicated medical problems in your videos. Have you seen the videos? I've not seen the videos. <laughs> and, and I've, I've seen. I think I saw the one with the vaccine. I think I saw yeah. that one, but I've not seen. The, so tell me more what you do in terms of breaking stuff down. Um, I mean, I, I let's see if I can give you an example. It's 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 breaking down, but also like ex- explaining exactly what happens in the ER. Like uh, for example, another video that kind of got me in trouble was um, <laughs> um, uh, thoughts of hurting yourself. Mm. Right? Yeah. If you have thoughts of hurting yourself. I go go very exactly what happens when you come into the ER. You know, we take your stuff away, put you in a gown, put you in a bed in a corner, get somebody to stay and w- watch you the entire time. If you need to go to the bathroom, they're probably going to stay stick with their you. foot in there, yep. not let you lock the door. Yep. Right, so I, I can tell you exactly what happens, but like ultimately, we're going to get you like a social worker is going to talk to you. We're going to bring down a doctor to talk to you. Uh, depending on how like bad it is, they'll get you a spot in the facility and we'll transfer you in there. And 
not going to lie, it might take like a few days in the ER because it's very hard to get a spot. So, you know, try to like really like break it down. Why did they get you in trouble? <sighs> Why did they get – because it's it, – the tone of voice I do it in uh, makes it seem like I'm making fun of it. I see. I see. Right. And and so – and who gets you in trouble? Who who – just the ER administrators or – No, like the people who are – who are commenting on it and reposting it and being like, this is not how you should treat patients who have thoughts of hurting yourself. I see. So it's just you, the actually employer isn't doesn't concerned about it. That's a whole the, that, that was a whole other thing. That was like So you have A the mob, the yeah. mob comes after you. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Ignore it. Okay. And then B, you've got don't you worry it's gonna affect your employee, that your hospital administrator is gonna see it and freak out? They did. I don't I don't work for them anymore, but there was a whole thing where when it started happening, you know, they would call me into their office and be like, hey, you got to stop making these videos. I'm like, why? Like, because it's a bad representation of us. They somehow found out where I worked. They started emailing my managers and HR mm-hmm. that like, hey, this guy is like very disrespectful to patients. And because of that, like, we're never coming to your hospital. And I was working at a hospital where like they cared a lot about their image and mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to fuck with them. Mm-hmm. I there was a there was a there was a video that came in through my DMs of a lady emailing HR of my hospital saying like this is a horrible person blah 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 giving me this whole long email giving me the middle finger on this of the screen recording and then hitting send. Did it scare you? Do you concerned about it? It did a little. Yeah. yeah, it did. It definitely did. But 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 I felt like something else really amazing was happening. Where like I just you just stay focused, keep making the videos. And, you know, this is this is your chance. This is well, kind of what you've been looking for. Some things get better when you use them, right? Like a great jacket or a pair of shoes. Bowl and branch, sheets, buttery, soft. We sleep in them. Well, some we don't have just bowl and branch sheets because sometimes we get other stuff that slips in. And I tell the difference and it drives me crazy. I want the bowl and branch sheets back. They use the highest quality threads on earth. They're luxurious. They, that's the only way to describe it. You will feel the difference. They're 100% free from anything like pesticides or formaldehyde. Bowl and branch sheets fit the deepest of mattresses and are labeled with top and bottom tags. So making your bed is a lot easier. Best of all, Bowl and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns on all orders. They're just Simply the best. Forget about thread count. Bowl and Branch gives you the thread quality. Doesn't matter how many threads your sheets have if they aren't the best threads possible. And that is Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Dr. Drew at bowlandbranch.com. That is B O L L A N D Branch, bowlandbranch.com. Promo code Dr. Drew. Guru Nanda offers you a better reason to smile. There are problematic bacteria that live in your mouth and gum. Guru Nanda Coconut and Mint Pulling Oil is a safe and natural way to extract harmful bacteria from your mouth and protecting the good bacteria, meaning we take care of the oral microbiome. The powerful stain-fighting oils also break up bacteria that cause stains without damaging your enamel. It's a powerful whitening agent, health, great tasting, addition to your daily oral care routine. That makes everyone smile better, right? Simply use before brushing. Your healthy, clean gums are only an oil pull away. Mike Catherwood used to be big on oil pulling. If you remember that, he used to talk about it all the time on Loveline. Guru Nanda was the first to promote oil pulling in the U.S. and was the first to market with an easy solution. Guru Nanda believes that oral care is crucial to your overall well-being. Registered now at gurunanda, G-U-R-U-N-A-N-D-A dot com slash win to win a $500 Walmart gift card and receive $3 off each bottle purchased exclusively at Walmart. Get the Guru Nanda Coconut and Mint Pulling Oil, Freshen Your Breath, Naturally Supporting Balanced Oral Microbiome, and Healthy, Strong, and a Powerful Whitening Agent. That is at gurunanda.com. And don't forget slash win to win a $500 Walmart gift card. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp, you know, I mention them all the time. And I, I it's time you, you did something, right? Uh, you may be feeling the stress of the pandemic, getting back to work. I, there's so many things going on. So many people tell me they have these vague sense of 
lack of meaning and lack of ability to engage and find meaning, that is all mental health. And sitting with another person can very be very powerfully effective in helping you feel better and move things forward, move your life forward. And of course, with the pandemic, we understand that First of all, there should be no stigma against getting help, but you, you don't have to be sitting in the waiting room. You use electronic media. BetterHelp is customized online therapy, offering video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to be seen on camera if you don't want to. More affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try. See if online therapy can help, well, amongst other things, lower your stress. Therapy, therapy works. Treatment works, everybody. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And the Dr. Drew Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Drew. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash D-R-E-W. BetterHelp.com slash Drew. It's really interesting to me that you had this experience because I had the same experience when I was a resident doing radio. Uh, yeah, somebody. It's a love line, right? Yeah, it's a very different time and a very different sort of reach. But uh, there were some newspaper articles about what I was doing, and the hospital freaked the fuck out. And actually, I think I was an intern at the time, and it was one night a week for a couple hours, and I was just trying to educate about HIV and AIDS and things. And but we were talking about the stuff we talked about in Love Line. I learned from that experience that you should never question the instincts of a young person. Like if your instinct was to go keep doing these videos, I, I'm all ears. To, to, I, it wouldn't be my instinct, but that's because I'm old. And, and just I do not question instincts of young people if they think it's the right thing to do. And I, it makes me uncomfortable or I worry about it or I don't understand it. That's me. That's mm-hmm. not you guys. You guys have a different perspective. And back then, my perspective was, Jesus Christ, I'm 25 years old and I'm talking to 19-year-olds on the radio. I understand the impact of radio. They're calling in every night anyway, and there's Yahoo's in there answering these questions. They've never heard of AIDS. They, they, they don't. No one's talking to them about it. I need to talk to them about it and answer their questions. It's no big deal. It's what they're doing anyway. Well, the what they're doing anyway was big news to the public. Yeah, lessons. The, the sexual revolution was perpetrated during the 70s without any contemplation that adolescents and young adults would participate in that. Yeah. I mean, that's how fucked up everybody was. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, adolescents were the most, the most likely exactly. to pick it up and go with it. And, and I, you know, like I said, I was 24 years old. How old are you now? 32 now. But you started this at? What? Uh, was like probably two years ago. 27, like 20, 20, 30. Yeah. But anyway, you're young and you just, and you see, you see it. You know what's going on. You know, people receive these things. In any event, um, I was uh, roundly. Part of my history is the the director of my program came in there and just screamed at me. Like, much like your meeting, this was that meeting. It was a newspaper article spread out on the desk, and he was standing up and sitting down and pounding his fist and spitting across the table. I mean, what's wrong with you? There's yeah, you try, are you trying to give up this career? Yeah, right? what's wrong? You're, trying to, he, you're sacrificing he, all the so, hard work that you went so, It's so funny that you had that. So a week later, this guy that had screamed at me ran into me in the cafeteria, and he goes, he goes, come with me. I got to tell you something. He goes, I go, what? And now I'm freaking out again. And he goes, look, I, I just don't want you to ruin your career. This will ruin your career. Do you understand? You're gonna, you work so hard. This is going to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Do not take career advice from old fucks. Just don't do it, <laughs> particularly in administrative positions yes. because they're highly conservative. They're highly paranoid. They are narcissistic typically, and they're only worried about their own ass. They're really not worried about you. They're worried yeah, about they how you, you to, reflect on them. Yeah, they want you to stay in line. Yeah, that's it's e- right. It's easier for them if you stay in line and don't do anything crazy. Yeah, I, and, and to be fair, the, the medical system is kind of a military system, right? Mm-hmm. Nursing and doctors, all militaristic. So when somebody in that military system pokes out, you know, stands out from it, there's an immediate pushing down on it. Yeah. And, and so there's that's sort of already in the system. That doesn't mean you should cave to it. <laughs> it's just in the system. But these guys, the administrative level, really, those are the business people, really. They're just, they're worried about their job. They're worried about their bottom line, that kind of thing. So, any event. Um, How did you, so, so, what did you, so what happened? Did you? So I stopped. You, I stopped. You did stop. Uh, this was 1985. Uh, and I just thought, and, and here was the interesting thing. I thought to myself, what's wrong with me? Why don't I – I still think have these thoughts to this day. Why don't yeah. – I guess I have bad judgment. Something's wrong with my thing. You know, okay, so I stopped for about four months. In that four-month time, Anthony Fauci got out there and was really saying, 
We have to have a public health thing. All doctors have to start educating. Everyone needs to talk about this thing, talk about sexuality and sexual behaviors. It became this thing overnight that we were supposed to do exactly what I was doing. Oh, I'm sure you and, love that. Well, I, I was pissed, actually. Yeah. And so I kind of snuck back on, okay, and I just started doing it again. I just was – and lo and behold, I, I stayed out of the press and that kind of stuff. I just thought it was the right thing to do. Not paid. I was not paid for it. It was a community service as far as I was concerned. But I just thought it was interesting and fun and it was a, the right thing to do. It's, it's interesting you said that at the time like you, you felt bad about yourself like why am I doing this? Because yeah, what's, that's, what's, what's, I don't know why am I doing it but what's wrong with it was, me? Right? Yeah, it's like, but, why would I think this is the right thing? I think it's the right thing. And, yeah. and that's what yeah. happened to me too yeah. when people were coming at me in the comments being like you're a horrible person and yeah. like they started saying things like they weren't just attacking me anymore. They're like oh it's because his mom didn't raise him right. right? It's because <laughs> it, it. he didn't have his, like the right friends because you know because all these other things and I, you start – Feeling bad about yourself. You doubt yourself. Yeah. And so it's really hard to keep the uh, sort of your finger in the air and try to figure out what direction to go and whether to keep going or not. Yeah. It's 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 not the average person that keeps going. I guess. I guess we're different. We're di- yeah. I, we're different. And like and at the time, everyone just kept telling me you have to you have to put out an apology video. You have to apologize to these people. I'm like, why? Like, well, that, that's you're, you're teaching me something now because I'm realizing that apologizing to the mob is a terrible idea. It's a terrible it's idea. Terrible. Oh my god! And every, like, I love. See, I don't, I don't mind apologizing. Where I'm wrong, I'll quickly apologize. Right. I'm fine with that. But it's not good with the mob. It's not no, good. it's not. And some of my closest friends and family were like, you, you ha-, like because like they saw what was happening yeah. and it, like they saw how it was affecting me. Like maybe you should apologize. Like get these people off your back. I'm like, I don't think they're gonna. Get off my back. I think if I apologize, they're going to blast that video and be like, see, he was wrong. Right, right, yeah, right. He was. How, how long did that shitstorm last? Uh, a couple months. It was oh, bad. it was only a couple months. Yeah, so only a couple good. months because I, I drowned it out. Like when it happened, I, like, I got sad and then I got mad. And then instead of doing one video a day, I started doing three videos a day. So I just kind of drowned that video out. Good. And just Smart. kept putting more videos. It. Right. Smart. Put, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. I know exactly what you're saying. So, so my own story, uh, I'm going to finish it because there's a coda, which is uh, when I was a third-year resident, same guy that had screamed at me, seemed to have no recollection of that day and that experience. And that's an experience I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, still looking for my retribution. <laughs> but I talk about it now. That's my main retribution. Uh, and he came up to me in the hall and he goes, because now it became the thing to talk about AIDS. That was yeah. the, the thing. We had an you know, imperative we had to talk about. It. He came up to me in the hall and goes, hey, but that radio show you were doing, you still doing that? And I go, I thought, oh, fuck, here it comes. I go, yeah. And he goes, how about I just take it over now? I think it's time. I, it's for time for me to do it. And I, I was like, you fucking, no, fuck fucking that. asshole. <laughs> Who the fuck? <laughs> I was like, fuck you. As if it just wouldn't uh, offend you. You just asked it like that? Not only offend me, that, that of course it should be his vehicle. And oh who, I'm this resident. Why yeah. would they want me to talk? Yeah, let, let's get a professional on it. Right. And, 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 no, and, and, part of the, and this is the part that you'll find interesting. Within the profession, no understanding of, of that it takes a certain amount of skill to produce something that reaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a skill. You're a comedian. You know how to do these videos. You you understand what you're doing. You're delivering this thing. Your your fund of knowledge is probably equivalent, if not maybe slightly behind your skill at delivering the information. Mm-hmm. And that's what's needed is the ability to deliver it in such a way that people hear it and find yes. it, and experience it. And you know, you don't need the head of the ER to do that job. Yeah, that that to have a higher level than your skill of delivery. Not unnecessary. In fact, would get inevitably screws things up. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Like they're probably going to screw it up. Yeah. Tell me how, and I'll, I'll tell you what I've seen. Because because the way I've been doing, like uh, uh, the, my videos are very, some would argue, crass and very aggressive and in your face. Mm. But I like I I believe that that is what works. And if they took it over, they would take out the cursing. They would take out the the dirty jokes, which is not. Which and then they're gonna turn into like you know, uh, 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 yeah. Not that all TED talks are boring, but they're gonna turn into a TED talk. It would be worse than a TED talk because we are trained that you have to discuss all angles, all aspects. Mm-hmm. So they'd be quoting literature and saying, "In this, yeah. consider that." It's like, no, not, people don't need that. No, people don't they, need that. If they, they sit down in a consult with you, they need that. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking to a group of physicians who are trying to bring their fund of knowledge up, they need that. The public needs these basic kinds of. 
messaging yeah that, that it doesn't require all that yeah and if you're trying to get to them like do whatever you can to like get the information to them exactly right? exactly they and, don't, they don't and need and to don't say all you your agree, sources oh exactly and don't you agree that that during covid that's where we failed the most messaging yeah yeah Ch- changing health behavior messaging that kind oh of my stuff. god yeah it was flip up and back and forth it was driving it was driving some of us crazy with like the mask and the no mask and what what to do and how long to stay home and uh, everybody in the hospital is just like listen just shut it down like make it you know shut it down make sure people understand that and like don't be so wishy-washy about it like we're getting fucked yes yeah and, and the the messaging was authoritarian and weird and confusing and changing in the winds mm-hmm. and of course people then resist like crazy with that yeah well because like you know and i don't know like i'm not a very political person i don't ever talk about it but it's you know it felt like it was because like we we had two different groups of people trying to like say which one was better, and it kind of it, it and neither it, it, yeah neither. But it caused it caused like it caused people to take sides. Correct. Right. And then and now if I'm on this side, no matter what you say, you're wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No or or, or if you have an opinion that's associated with one side. You're that person. You're that person. You're a Trumper. Yeah. You're a woke person. Yeah. You're whatever. You're too liberal. Yeah. Right? Or you're yeah. too conservative. And, and, it's just, and that's just disgusting. That's right. That yeah, is it disgusting. Was... And I want an apology yeah. from everyone that participated in that. Please yeah. do a video about it. I'll amplify it every way I can. Because oh, that, that part, I know, you, you, you shudder because it's like, <laughs> oh, shit, I'm, I'm going I'm to take shit for imagine. that. Yeah. But, but, but it's time for us to look at ourselves, really. If we don't look at ourselves, we'll we'll do this all again sometime, or maybe immediately, because mm-hmm. uh, it it people don't I think appreciate how messed up it was. I saw a fun headline last night that there's now two new sub variants out of South Africa, yeah. and you know I, I'm sure whatever source I was looking at is leaning in one way, but they were talking about how it's going to spread much more quickly, and it's just like, yeah, it it, it's it, it, it is yeah. going to spread much more quickly. But that's not you're going to get a cough and a runny nose right. more likely than than not. But this yeah. headline was not trying to convey. Of course that. not. It's always like <laughs> no. ah, end of the world. That's, yeah, end of the yeah, world. Yeah, I've, exactly. I've started cataloging tweets and things that predict that, and I'm going to bring them all out in a couple months and just go how, how, what you know, apologize. You're going to apologize. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Every headline was trying to scare the fuck out of people. They, they should be. Dis- it's disgusting. That's the part I'm talking about that was such so off base. It's really. And I please make some videos that address it. Please. The New York Times editorial board was directing infectious disease response. That's a certain kind of insanity. Yeah. They, these are words that they didn't know how to pronounce a week earlier, and they're dictating what we should be doing, and then basing their opinion off what the Chinese Communist Party did in Wuhan, oh, like, yeah, as though like, that yeah. was the right thing. How's that look in Shanghai now? It's the same thing. Yeah. Shanghai, Wuhan, same thing. How's that look, guys? Does it look like something you want to emulate? Yeah, aren't they like aren't they like screaming from their buildings? Yeah, and, like, it's really <laughs> bad. It's really bad. It's it, but it's you know whatever. I, it's all based on a, a fallacious idea of zero COVID, and then that was. A stupid, or that you could really change what the virus does. You know, you can change the time course, but you can't change what it does. Yeah. And were you frightened at any point? Frightened at any point? No. Okay. Me neither. Yeah. No. And so this is the part that. And why weren't you frightened? Why weren't? Why? Why wasn't I frightened? Because I mean, because I was in there and I was I was doing it. It just didn't seem like. It was not that big a deal. It, compared, did, it didn't seem like as big a deal as everyone was making it. Correct. But, 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 compared but, but, to all the other shit that could happen Yeah, to but you also can't just say, like, it's no big deal, no, right? No, it's not. Right. Because it was a big deal. It was yeah. a big deal. It was serious. A lot of people died. It's not that it was but, not serious. But, but I agree up. that the message was not, like, conveyed correctly. Like, this is a big deal, but we got this if we do X, Y, and exactly. Z. Exactly. Right? Panic never makes it better. And yeah. they were just invested in panic. Yes, because, you know, it's clickbait. Right. Well, there. I agree with you that there was a commercial enterprise behind it. News, yeah, and yeah, social def- media, and these people definitely that, that, was. Yeah, please do more videos on this, please, <laughs> because because that's the perspective you have in the trenches that is legitimate. That can't be assailed, and so you're kind of you're kind of allowed to look out and go, "Hey, yeah. we didn't need to do all that. Let's not do that again." And and here's the so the craziness I saw the camera and the, you know the guy from China with the camera and stuff. Oh my god! You know, and then, now you're going to start to see the mental health stuff, which I'm sure you're already seeing. Uh, do you remember like you can get COVID from touching the gas station handles? I was just like, I do remember that. Like, why I, are you, I, why I are you remember, scaring people? About I remember the- me 
taking out a, a paper towel. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I was and I was at the least bit scared of COVID. I had a six month old when it broke, yeah. and there was a time where I was to put on all new clothes, mask, gloves, all this nonsense. Go to the grocery store, do a whole run, come out, leave it in the garage, go in and shower. Yeah. Then everyone would get out the wipes and we'd wipe down all the. Yeah. So stupid. My sister was leaving groceries outside of her yep. apartment. For two days. La- For two days. the COVID air off of it. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It, this is how I knew it was. Like when I was working at the ER and COVID was at its height and it was bad. And remember, we had to put on all these. Yeah, like, yeah. The gown, the PPE and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It got to the point where it's just like, listen, put on the mask. Get and the gloves on. And just go in. Right? That's right. Put on, put on a well-fitting mask and go in there. Yeah. And did you make the patient's mask? Yeah, oh, we did. Uh, all the pieces of mask. Because that doesn't add very much. Did they have an N95 or a cloth mask? No, they had a cloth mask. Nothing. This is zero, right? That added zero. Well, I mean, but the N95 did, is the right thing. I mean, mm-hmm. think about what we go in. And, before COVID, when you went in an infected room, you wore a mask. You didn't mask the patient. Because it doesn't do anything. Not the N95, yeah. Yeah, no. you'd wear the N95. But also at the time, like there was also the scare of we're running out of N95s. Which, yeah, I remember that. Which I think <laughs> it might have happened in New York, but like it never happened right. with us. That's right. So, all right. So, so I want to get another another quick topic here. So I'm, ple- I'm looking for those videos. In fact, I, I gotta should I sign up to your TikTok, your Instagram, or both? Both, both. I will say, <laughs> by I, the way, I, I, I got to give you a little bit of a compliment. I became aware of you during during COVID, and it was during a time where there was not a lot of comedy. I mean, I work in comedy, so I know where to find it. But yeah, there wasn't a lot of funny out there. And if yeah. it was, it was just kind of completely ignoring everything going on in the world, whereas you were kind of giving some information, being funny. It was refreshing. It yeah. was really nice. Thank so you. Thank you. Steven. Uh, S-T-E-V-E-I-O-E. I have a... Steve I-O-E? Yeah. S-T-E-V-E-I-O-E. I have a whole I have a whole Instagram page of just the tips from there the is. ER, which is tips from the ER. All right. There you are. Follow. Okay. And by the way, my one of my best friend's wives is an ER uh, nurse as well, and she is obsessed with you. She thinks you're, you're fantastic. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> You're, you're hitting the industry at least. I can love it. Yeah, and I got yeah because you speak the truth, and it's uh, and it's not like the truth is controversial in the ERs. Everyone knows. Yeah, whatever. Everyone knows the same thing. Yeah, it was it was really it was, yeah. I I, I want to say I, I probably got a little lucky because of COVID too, because everyone was looking for like any updates at all, yeah. and I was willing to give them the updates. Wait, so I just signed up to the TikTok. Where, where else do I go? Instagram. Yeah, it's it's the same same username. Okay, hold on a second. Instagram. We could do this after the show, probably. We got that. that air is not really. We got a new know, fan. Not really what we're going for. <laughs> All right, here's what I want to go. Here's what I want to go for. Which is, wait a minute, Steve. Oh, wrong. Uh, I, I got in trouble for the pelvic exams video too. What happened in that? I just made fun of pelvic exams. Tell me what you said. <laughs> we could watch it. We should watch it. <laughs> Can we play it? Uh, yeah, if you give me a minute. Here. All right, good. Let's do it. This is good. So in the meantime, let's talk about homeless. So yeah, you saw lots of homeless. In oh the my ER. god! Okay, right. that, that's maybe that's something else that people don't understand about the ER. Like half the half the patients are floor patients; the other half are homeless patients. Right, right. And we're yeah. taking care of the freaking homeless patients, you know. And what are your thoughts on what's going on there with homeless? Oh god, I don't know how to fix it, man. The ER. Just, the, just give them a house. Just the, give them a room. That'll take care of it. Yeah, all just, those people. All those. Just so, don't be homeless. All those yeah. psychotic drug addicts you were dealing with in the ER and the schizophrenics. Let's so just give them a room. That'll yeah. do it. No, that's not going to. But you know, like it's like the ER is like we we are like the butt of health of the healthcare system. Yeah. If you can't figure it out, just go to the ER, and like nobody can figure out what's going on with the homeless population. So we're so we're taking care of them, right? Giving them, giving them food, giving them shelter. You know, giving them meds. I saw the uh, L.A. mayoral debate this weekend, and they asked about that, and four of the five candidates insisted there just wasn't enough housing. Jesus. What do you think? Just get more housing? They'll take care of it? No, I mean, I don't know. We, we No, you know, it's it's not it's not an easy job and nobody just nobody wants to deal with it. So, I Look, I dealt with drug addicts for 30 years. I know exactly how to deal with it. The problem is people don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. They don't understand what they're dealing with. They haven't consulted with anybody like me like what should we do? I know exactly what to do. It's not a problem. What would you do? I, I would create residential step-down facilities with a lot of vocational rehab at the end. It would all be community-based, 12-step, organized around these community resources for treating drug addiction, mm-hmm. medical management up front, 
residential care long-term, step them through it, get them out, get them work, get them going. It's It, it works. Treatment works. That sounds like a fantastic thing. I, I think they don't believe it can. It's called the Trieste model. How it's, much would, like, would it cost a lot of money? To um, not more than they're spending now. Yeah. It, it just it, 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 The problem would actually would be finding a professionalist to do it because you need well-skilled people to understand how to do that. Yeah. Um, and almost no physicians do and very few psychologists really do and very few people want to. It's hard work. It's hard work. You have to. You people have been letting them die of their drug addiction. You have to stand against that, and I, you have to have a unified team. I had to do CPR on like a dead homeless guy on fentanyl a couple months ago. I was taking a walk in downtown LA, yep. and the guy was like clenched with the pipe in his hand, and like, dude, I, I, it's all con- the time. It's yeah. constant. And by the way, now we're going to start to see the meth deaths. And the meth death. You, how many meth patients did you see in the year? Oh man, I yeah, mean, ridiculous. Yeah, uh, no. and, and so meth is funny in that all of a sudden they start dying. Like it's the death – the causes of death are very protean. It's not like one thing. It's not like fentanyl. You stop breathing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things. And you stay on meth long enough and all of a sudden, like about five, seven years down the road, they just start dying. Oh, and shit. that's what we're going to see now. Now they've got that P2P stuff out there. Yeah. All right. Let's see your pelvic exam video. Tips from the ER. <laughs> pelvic exams. <laughs> Ladies, you got a lot going on downstairs. It's not uncommon for you to come to the ER for an emergency pelvic exam. Whether it's for unusual pain, abnormal bleeding, or you're leaking something funky because your new partner has an STD and they didn't tell you about it. That lying slut-faced son of a bitch. First thing we're going to do, strip you down to a hospital gown and get you onto one of our special GYN beds. That's the bed with the two feet holders to keep your knees up and out of the way. We need a clear shot of the hole, motherfuckers. <laughs> the doctor will then feel around, check you inside, outside, and stick a speculum into you to keep you open long enough for a quick swab. There's usually a third person in the room to chaperone the exam. This is for the benefit of both parties. Just in case the patient is crazy and says the doctor tickled them somewhere they didn't want to be tickled, right. or in case the doctor's crazy and tickles the patient somewhere they didn't want to be tickled. That's right. We'll never know unless there's a witness in the room to tell the judge they both tickled each other <sighs> and liked it. <laughs> So that's great. What's wrong with that? Why did they get you in trouble? <laughs> they, it's like it's perfect. So, so the biggest thing they said was that like a lot of the, the, what people think is that a lot of girls who come into the ER for pelvic exam this is, is because of s like rape and like no sexual that, that's assault, a different thing. which which is not true yeah, right? It's a different but, thing. That's a that's a forensic exam. That's not a pelvic exam. Yeah, so it but, includes a pelvic exam. But, but that's yeah. what people thought. Yeah. girls come to the ER for, yeah. and they said that you shouldn't be making fun of patients who just got no. sexually assaulted. And I'm like, fuck, listen, fuck them. Like they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, you guys work in the ER? Yeah. Why do you have an opinion? Why do we have to listen to you? I'm telling you, man. Why? You don't work I'm in the ER. You, Steve works in the ER. <laughs> Why do you have to listen to these assholes? People come, like, they come in for public exams for all sorts so of let's, reasons. Let's, sometimes just for pain. You, well, right? not sometimes, often yeah. just for pain. Now, well, let's put them in order. Discharge pain bleeding. Yeah. Pain is probably number one. Yeah. I mean, I mean. So, the, so it's pain bleeding then discharge i'd say right maybe something like that yeah and but it's, it's definitely not always for freaking no when they come rape. in for rape it's a forensic exam i, I that's a different category yeah, in my well, head and i want to say that in in our er like if you come in and you say like that's why we don't even take you to the er we take you to the rape treatment that, center right it's a separate thing right it's across a whole the hall different thing yeah. we don't even take care of you yeah hey i i just think you should do another video saying just attention assholes here's what we do with actual <laughs> here's what we do with the rape patients yeah <laughs> Like, yeah. And you assholes that don't work in the ER and shouldn't be fucking saying anything about yeah. what I do. No, but man, they, that that video was reposted to so many like. Well, you know, so if, if the, the in the current algorithms, maybe Elon Musk will do something about this. But if you're not in a shitstorm, nothing happens. You know, you know what I mean. It's the mm-hmm. shitstorms that generates the. So yeah, you, yeah, it, it, but it, what's nice about like the videos too? Like, I also get some comments saying like, "No, that's wrong." And like they're also defending me. Right? Oh, good. So it's not all. It's not all. It's not all shitty comments. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, no. Uh, like I said, I mean, the people who actually work in the ERs are enormous fans of yours because they know what the reality is. Yeah. No, they love the videos. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. I, I, and to be to be glib or funny. Again, we we've lost track of being funny. Right. You're not allowed to be funny about serious yeah. things. Like like you and I discussed earlier. Trust me, as soon as we walk out of the room, or certainly when we're in the break room. <laughs> right? But, you know, we'll, just, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll keep it keep it contained. My, my favorite I, – I, people probably don't appreciate this, but uh, it gives you an example of the kind of humor that, that we use. Uh, my 
I had a partner, another physician, we were running this drug treatment program, and uh, he admitted this guy that was just done terrible things. He, he was way out on drugs, but he'd also been presenting himself as a treatment professional and been all this kind of stuff. So really, and uh, we go, what you know? What's the deal? What happened? he goes, well, here's his history. Um, he was uh, lying, obfuscating, bullshitting, lying, 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 bullshitting, obfuscating, uh, full of shit, and that's his history. <laughs> I was like, it's so funny. Like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what he did. Just lying, bullshitting, obfuscating. That's what he did for five years, nice. and, and just doing drugs. That's his history. Um, so that's the kind of jokes we we tell each other, yeah. and 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 they are scatological. Then, but but when you're charting it, you're, that's not what you're no, saying, right? Like it's very no, you're very, very clear about the exact minute yes. to minute history of what happened. But the um, but I would say the in the ER the main sources of humor are stool and sexual. Yeah, yeah, or rectums and sexual. <laughs> Rectum, sexual, or like just. You know, we and it's 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 horrible. Like, and we would never say this to the patient's face, but like, we we also make fun of a lot of. Oh God, I'm getting in trouble. Patients who are like writhing in. Sometimes it's like we like like everybody's pain level is different, right? Let me yeah. just say that. Yeah. But like sometimes, like you're clearly overreacting here, sir. I think maybe. Well, people that are being <laughs> dramatic about anything, you'll you'll sort of yeah. You walk out of the room and just go. Oh, yeah, it's like oh gosh, yeah. come yeah. on, man. Yeah, you you'll be you'll be appropriately compassionate to the patient. But I've also I've also if I've also gotten it wrong sometimes, right? It's also like all right, well, like are you are really in that much pain? It turns out to be a kidney stone, which could be very painful, yeah. or it's yeah. like you know, like oh, you have a headache, like just chill you're gonna be fine and then they have a brain bleed right yeah, <laughs> it's like right. that also well, happens th- that is something for us you know on the caretaking side is we have to be extremely careful not to be hubristic mm-hmm. or burned out yeah because oh my you, God. because the, the, the er especially right because the the 10 headaches you saw before the intracranial hemorrhage burned you out to be re- thoughtful and responsive and thinking about because you're really really one of the most dangerous things is to be dismissive uh, of a patient mm-hmm. uh, the, in, in fact even if it's somebody you've seen multiple times for somatizing behaviors that's the most dangerous yes. that's when you have to really focus and go okay could this be this time mm-hmm. something real and think it through very very carefully yeah. and that's, but that's why you have a team also yeah like, like right. who can who can let you know like hey listen I don't think this is the same thing as last time well and and I would argue also that the team part is team cohesion is humor is part of the team cohesive process mm-hmm. is how you build your team together you know that that you walk out and you share jokes and you share comradeship and mm-hmm. sharing the stress and the team's and different all the time especially working at a big ER right yeah, like but the teams are, working, are really important really important really important really important so like hopefully you know you can get it together because, like, nurses work like three days a week. Physicians, you know, and the physicians have like sometimes they work days, sometimes they work nights. So you're yeah. not usually getting the same guy, right, or a girl. And 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 ER is it's, it's unique that way. It's its own specific kind of culture that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, most team building in other areas of medicines are are stable teams. You build them over time, and that, that's the team, and mm-hmm. that's who's treating the patient. In the in the ER, the the team is. Um, always changing the, the always. team members are always changing but because it attracts a certain kind of person they understand that and they're good at that and that's why they're all very social and funny and they, they i, I you know. love the people who work in the er yeah my me too. favorite type of people you, you have you spent any time up in the icu no S- very similar very similar very similar oh yeah because you have to like you know like you have to oftentimes have, like, they they go back and forth they'll yeah. work up there and then they work down here yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, at least the nursing side is very similar mm-hmm. and social services very similar too so Oh my god! Yes, yeah. we we had a one social worker who was <laughs> she she was she was so outrageous with like some of her jokes sometimes, but like you know when it came down to it, she could be very like because she has to deal with like the suicidal patients, yeah. so yeah. like you have to yeah. be kind. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like oh, my god. <laughs> she was you know she would say things like, "Are you really going to do it? You're not going to do it." <laughs> well, that's, do it. <laughs> she's not really thinking that. She no. just wants to yeah, be funny. Yeah, and just yeah. Like, you know, letting off a little yeah, steam because exactly. it's like a twelve-hour shift. Exactly. Yeah, I had a social worker. One of my favorite social worker comments was uh, a guy I'd worked with for years, and I forget it was some you know another you know homeless drug addict in the, in the ER, and I, and I was trying to get him into some kind of treatment, and this guy was Bob. He says to me, he goes, he goes, Drew, uh, people that aren't are into drugs aren't into insurance. <laughs> 
I thought, oh, that is so true. It's <laughs> so true. Because I was – drugs. people are into drugs are not into insurance <laughs> because I was like, what do we got resource-wise for this guy? He's like, obviously not insurance. People are into so drugs are not into insurance. <laughs> that's pretty pretty much true. Well, listen, it's a privilege to talk to you. Uh, I hope this motivates you to go do some more damage yes. or whatever it is you're – however you see what it is you're doing. Uh, anywhere else you want to find people other than your videos or people to find you other than the videos? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, I'm not on... doing any stand up anywhere. We're going to talk about the website real quick. Yeah. Tell me about the website. The motherfucker website. M-U-F-K-R <laughs> dot com. I just feel like that needs a little explanation. It Look, was kind of touched on at the all, beginning. All, all my videos in the beginning, I like, I, I didn't know why I was saying it, but I like motherfucker came out. It wasn't planned. Mm. And that kind of became like, like uh, a bit uh, like, you know, like my, like who I was Your labeled brand. as. Yeah. yeah. People would see me on the streets. They wouldn't say Steven, Stevio. They say, Hey, motherfucker. Uh, and I know who they're uh, talking okay. about. Yeah. 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 So like we put that on a shirt, we made that into a website and it kind of became like, and what do they find there? Uh, well, we were selling, we were selling some merch where it's like they, they could find, um, some information about me. We're, st- we're starting, we're starting to sell like this, this hospital socks. Oh, nice. Which eventually will be dropping hopefully in the next month or two. Love it. All right, my friend. Good to talk to you. It's uh, at Steve IOE, which I'm now following carefully, uh, MUFKR.com. And uh, I'll, I'll look forward to your next wave of uh, impact. Yeah, man. Because I you. think this is how you, this is how, by the way, this is how you deliver health information. This is how you change behaviors. Uh, seriously. Yeah. I, I take very seriously what you're doing, even though it's fun and it's entertaining, that kind of stuff. But that's how people assimilate. They don't go to – they don't want me, you or me in a white coat giving them a lecture. It's the last thing. They'll, yeah. they'll remember these these aphoristic, funny videos. Yeah, so, I hope so. Yeah, so. All right. We'll see you all next time. Okay. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. this month stream the funniest films for free on pluto tv watch comedy classics like anchorman the legend of ron burgundy and mean girls or drop in for a tyler perry marathon with a medea family funeral and medea's witness protection pluto tv also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and tv shows like get shorty be cool key and peel comedy in color and more and no contracts no subscriptions no fees no joke so download the pluto tv app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today pluto tv drop in watch for 